Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. The Israelites were in bondage. Forty years they spent in bondage. Or, excuse me, no, forty years they were in the wilderness. In the, under Egyptian captivity and bondage, they spent years, lots of years, there. And you know, the Lord delivered them. One of the last plagues that God used to deliver them was um, the death of the firstborn son. Remember that? And he said, this is what I'm going to do. But he told the Israelites, he said, if you'll take a lamb, slit his throat, take the blood of the lamb, and put it on the doorpost of your house. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. I told you there's a thin line of Jesus all through this, but you cannot separate the blood and Jesus. So there's a thin line of the precious blood of Jesus all throughout this word, no different than this story that I'm about to read to you in Joshua chapter 2. You can turn there. Joshua chapter 2. This is one of those radical stories, but understanding what the story is typifying, who it's typifying. It's typifying Christ and what He's done. I think we'll, we'll see something that we've never seen maybe before. But I believe this. I'm not coming up here to preach you and blow your mind with my oracle ability. You'll be disappointed. Uh, Paul said, I don't come preaching with big words, words of wisdom. When I preach, the power of the Spirit is on display. And if any life is going to be changed today, it won't be because of me. It won't be because of you. It'll be because of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's who changes lives today. This story in Joshua chapter 2 is about a prostitute. A woman named Rahab. I want to preach for the next few moments a message I've entitled Rahab Rescue. Rahab Rescue. The Israelites have come out of Egypt now and they have spent 40 years in the wilderness and now they're just a crossing of the Jordan away to the promised land. And the first city they're going to come upon is a city called Jericho. You read that story before? Well, Joshua, he's the leader. Moses is dead. Joshua's the leader now. And Joshua sends out two spies. And he tells these spies, you go out and you look at the land. You, it's a, it's a, it's a, mission, a spy mission. You go and check things out. Take some notes. Let me know what's going on. And that's what they've done. The two spies, they went into the city of Jericho. Jericho was a walled city. So they snuck in. They got in the city. And they begin to take notes and find out what's going on. But they knew if someone seen them or recognized them, they'd kill them. Because they were the enemy. So they knew, hey, we've got to do what we've got to do, but then we've got to hide. And so after they feel probably like, oh, we've done a lot and we're pushing our luck, they knocked on the door of someone. They knocked on the door of a woman named Rahab. Did they know it was Rahab? No, I don't think so. They were foreigners in a land. They knocked on this door, and this prostitute opened the door. That's where we'll pick up. Joshua chapter 2, verse 2. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelite men have come here tonight to investigate the land. Then the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab and said, Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house. For they came to investigate our land, the entire land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. So she said, yes, the men did come to me, but I didn't know where they came from. At nightfall, when the city gate, some of y'all say, well, now they lied. Now we're going to get hung up on that or y'all going to let me finish the rest of the story. Yeah, they lied. Let me explain something to you. If somebody broke, now this is a little different, but it's the same thought. If somebody broke into your house 
and it was a bad guy, okay? And they broke into your house, and they said, is your family in here? What y'all going to say? Men. You going to say, oh, why, 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 yes, they are. Would you like to talk to them? No, you know what you're going to say? Family. I ain't got no family. It's just me, and I'm ready to fight. No, some of y'all so sanctified and holy, y'all say, yeah, I, I would tell the truth and let the Lord. Well, no, you wouldn't. You'd lie. And these people lied. They, she did. Rahab lied. But she lied to further the kingdom of God. Spare her life and spare these two missionaries' lives. You understand what I'm saying? All right, we passed that. <laughs> now, some of y'all are going to leave today and say, Pastor said we can lie. You a liar. You lying? You are a liar. Okay. So at nightfall, when the city gate was about to close, the men went out. And I, she said, I don't know where they were going. She said, but if you'll chase after them quickly, maybe if you leave right now, in other words, get out of my house. If you leave right now, you'll catch up with them. But what she had done was she took them up on the roof. She'd taken them up on the roof and hid them among, among the stalks of the flax that she had arranged on the roof. And the men pursued them along the road to the fords of the Jordan. And then as they left to pursue them, the city gate was shut. The men are on the roof. And before the men fell asleep, she went up on the roof and she said to them, now I want you to listen. This is where it gets good. She said, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the terror of you has fallen on us. And everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you and when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the enemies and the two Amorite kings and how you completely destroyed them across the Jordan. When we heard this, we lost heart. And everyone's courage fell because of you. For the Lord, now listen, this is the word. For the Lord your God. Now this is, who is this now? This ain't, this ain't, the, this ain't the pastor's wife. This is a harlot. Are y'all okay with that? This is a prostitute now. A lady of the night. A streetwalker. Y'all okay? I can tell you some of y'all don't like this. You ain't never been in a church like this. <laughs> Bless you. It ain't going to last forever. It's like a band-aid. We rip it off fast, okay? We're going to whoosh, and it be, oh, didn't even know it hurt. For the Lord your God is God. This is what she said. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now that messes up some of your theology because you think, well, this was a, this is a sinner. Here's a lesson. You better be careful who you look down on. Who you think, oh, you know, I can't believe they're doing what they're doing, living like they're doing. And you just, you turn your nose up at them. I'm talking to born-again believers. Now sinners, you're going to act any old kind of way. But I'm talking to people who say they are believers in Christ Jesus. You better be careful who you look down on. You say, why? Why is that, Pastor? Because you don't know if God is dealing with them or not. See, this lady was, yes, she was a prostitute. Yes, she was a sinner. Yes, she was doing things she shouldn't do in a place she shouldn't be in. Yet, God had obviously been speaking to her heart and dealing with her because she could not come to this place without God speaking to her. You see... So that person, the next person you see, and you think, well, I'm going to straighten them out. Maybe you ought to just shut up. If you can't say something to lift them up, here's a good word, then just shut up. The Bible says if it don't build up, if it don't edify, if it don't lift up the name of Jesus Christ, then it's better not said. 
because you don't know how you're going to negatively affect that person who God may be speaking to their hearts. In the wee hours of the night, I believe the Lord was speaking to this prostitute and working on her heart and getting her to a place where some two, two spies one day was going to come to her door. You see what I'm saying? So God was working in her life. And today, there's some people out there, we know that this, this community is ate up with drugs. We know that. That it runs rampant. But friend, 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 we've got the answer. We cannot turn to people in the world think they can rehabilitate people, rehab somebody, and do something that only God can do. Now, I'm not against that. It's good, but there is no recovery without God. There is no restoration without God. There's no help for the human race besides Jesus. So there's, there's, you go out this door today, and you're going to see, it won't take you long to see sin. You can go right into this Motel 6. You'll find all the sin you want to see. Prostitution, overdoses, drugs selling and doing, and the vilest of the vile. You don't have to look hard. It's in, oh, that's over there in Garlington Heights. No, it's over there in Cherokee Heights, too. That's over in them black neighborhoods. No, you know what? It's over in them white neighborhoods, too. White neighborhoods, black neighborhoods, neighborhoods that look like they got it all together and neighborhoods that look like everything's falling apart. Sin is, is not prejudice. Sin is not racist. Do you understand what I'm saying? And until we get to a place and believe that our church is not just to be some museum, but our church is to be a place where a hospital for the hurting and the broken. Some, listen, some if not most, Churches are about a generation from passing away, locking the doors, and shutting the thing up. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty, and there is life. You've got life inside of you, start speaking it. This woman was a prostitute, was a sinner, but God was dealing with her heart. And what I also read one more verse. She says, now please... Verse, yeah. Now please swear to me by the Lord that you will also show kindness to my father's family because I showed kindness to you. Give me a sure sign. You know what I hear? So she spares the lives of these men and she says, now spare my life. I see that this woman was tired. See, before she was tired. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean, she was tired of, she was sick and I believe God was beginning to deal with her heart because she was sick and tired of being sick and tired. This woman was abused and misused. She was full of shame and she was full of guilt. Every, 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 every hour on the hour, people knocking at her door, being used, spit up and spit out. She was a prostitute. Walking in the city full of shame. Everybody looked down on her. Probably thought about, probably thought about having, committing suicide. You'll get her right there now and bring her into the seat. She won't be a distraction. She was full of shame, full of guilt. Knowing what's on the other side of that door. Night falls, sun is breaking through the night. Now she's going to sleep, but she can't find sleep. Why? Because the thoughts of all that she's done, what she'd done the night before, what she'd done the month, month, months before, years before, torment her mind, and she can't find no sleep. She can't find no rest. She can't find no peace. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody there, you say, well, you, let me, say, don't just stick this to Rahab. Think about your life. You were sick of and tired of the way things were going in your life. We have to come to this place. We have to understand that this is, this is how it works for us too. Oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, listen to me right here, right now. God is getting ready. See, some of us are still stuck on Rahab and what she's doing. I, I, I understand that. But you're going to have to understand, this next generation that God is going to use to bring in a revival, 
that God wants to bring to see many souls saved, it's going to be brought in carriers of people who were drug addicts at one time, who were homosexuals at one time, who were broken and, dis- and disgusted and beat down, and they knew what sin was. They were in sin, and God is going to use them covered in tattoos, used to have whatever. He's going to use them, and don't you dare say, well, God can't use them because I, you don't have to look no further than the miracle that you are. Look in the mirror, and if God can use you and me, he can use them. She was tired. Maybe just about to go to sleep. But she fights off the thoughts in her mind. About to doze off. And all of a sudden, she thinks, not again. Can I get a break? The knock becomes more urgent at the door. Maybe she thinks at that moment, I could, it'd just be better for me to kill myself. Some of you have thought about that. Some of you have thought about taking your life in your own hands, being the author and the finisher of your own life. Some of you have thought about that. You've been in that place. That place is not foreign to you. You understand what I'm talking about. She hears the knock at the door and she thinks, could I just get a break? If I was born into another family, I wouldn't have made that decision that I made 10 years ago. I wouldn't even be here. Maybe they'll go away. Maybe they'll go away. She musters up all the strength she has. She puts on her clothes. She comes to the door. She opens the door. She looks up. And when she looks at these men, she thinks, these ain't my regular clients. They look different. I ain't never seen them. They don't look like they're from here. They're not from here, by the way. She said, what do y'all want? Just let us in. Just let us in. Oh, they're scared. These spies, they got to get out. They don't want nobody to see them. He said, just let us in. We'll tell you all about it. She said, you ain't got to tell me about it. I know what y'all are here for. Just, lady, let us in and shut the door. What are you saying, Pastor? Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says, Behold, this is Jesus now, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, is this okay? Do y'all get what I'm saying? These weren't her regular clients. No, this was the hand of God, the sovereign hand of God. Behold, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and eat with him and he with me. This lady was tired. Point number one. Only those who are tired of captivity will be ready for rescue. When you're sick and tired of living like you're living, living in defeat, living in bondage, living, and some of you say, well, I ain't no, I'm, I've never done those things. Let me tell you, you are born into sin, and there is a missing part. Some of you have thought, I feel like something's missing in my life. Well, there is a God-shaped void in your life, in your heart, that only God can fill, and you can try to shove this into it, and shove that into it, shove that relationship, shove work into it, shove busyness into it, try to make enough money to fill the void, but it will not work there is only one and his name is Jesus Christ and just like he knocked on the door of Rahab he's knocking on your door today you got to be sick and tired of the captivity sick and tired of being sick you ever heard that sick and tired of being sick and tired My brother had this. He's younger than I am. He's seven or eight years younger than I am. He leads, Josh leads worship here. No, I'm not his father. I get so sick of hearing that. I am hip. I am cool. I may be in a wheelchair today, but other than that, I am not old enough to be his dad, and I don't like it. 
I'll take offense to it. But my brother had this yellow box. It was hollow. And it had uh, the shapes. And you would take the shapes and put it into the, and it dropped down into the box. You didn't have to open the lid. You put this triangle in, or the, uh, you know, in the triangle. I wasn't that good. You obviously, see, I didn't, they didn't have that when I was growing up. So you put the shapes and the shape falls down in the hole. I can remember watching Josh one day. And he was taking the triangle. I know I've shared this with y'all before. But there's some people ain't never heard it, okay? And he took the triangle and he was sh- sh- slamming it into the, the, where the cube should go, the square. And I watched him. And I thought, oh my Lord. Don't he understand? That ain't going to go in there. Oh, he was pushing it. He had his face up against it. He was putting his elbow on it. I said, oh, God, help him. Help him, Lord. What's wrong with him? You say, well, he was a baby. No, he was 14 years old. <laughs> no, I'm joking. He was <laughs> No, he was What am I trying to say? There's some of you doing, that sounds stupid, some of you doing the same thing trying to make something fit that won't fit, trying to make something work that will not work because it will, only God's fitting will fit in that void. Amen? I got to hurry. Verse 8, before the... No, 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 no. Verse 12. Now please swear to me by the Lord that you also show kindness to my father's family because I show kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you'll spare the lives of my father, brother, mother, brothers, sisters, and all who belong to them and save us from death. The men answered her, we'll give our lives for yours. Now, does that sound familiar? I told you there's a thin line, right? I will, we will give our lives for yours. Well, that's exactly what Jesus Christ done. He gave us a substitutionary work he became sin, who knew no sin, so that we could become the righteousness of God. If you don't report our mission, we'll show kindness and faithfulness to you when the Lord gives us the land. Then she she let I know okay. She let them down by a rope through the window. Since she lived in the house that was built into the wall of the city. Go to the hill country so that the men pursuing you won't find you, she said to him. Hide there for three days until they return afterward. Go on your way. The men said to her, we will be free from this oath you made us swear unless when we enter the land you will tie this scarlet rope to the window through which you let us down. Let's stop right there. So what's going on here? Maybe you're, maybe you're lost. She spared these men's lives, right? Now she's saying, spare my life. I am tired of being where I'm at. There is no hope for me here. There is no future for me here in Jericho. All I will ever be in Jericho is a prostitute. Would you please? Nobody cares for me. Nobody loves me. Everybody looks down on me. There is no hope for me in Jericho. Could you please help me? Would you? I helped you. Will you help me? That's what she's saying. And she said, give me a sign. Show me something. How I know. And they said, we'll, we'll save you. We'll save you. She said, how do I know you'll save me? And, she, and then they said, that scarlet rope that you just let us, scarlet's red, by the way. You take that red rope that we just, they're down now, down. They went down the, they're, they're coming down the window, scale, scaling down the place, holding on to this red rope. Give me a sign, she said. Here's your sign. You take this rope. They got a whisper, by the way, because, I mean, they hide now. You take this rope. You throw that rope up there to her. This same rope, this red rope, you take this red rope that you let us down with. You take this rope and you tie it up and hang it in your window. Here's point number two. There's only one way out. 
Didn't I tell you there's a thin line that runs all the way through that Bible? Why is that rope red? You think God said, and well, I think it'd be a good idea to have a red rope. No, that red rope represents the blood of Jesus Christ. That, scar, though, that scarlet rope, and the same rope that they used to get out the window, they said, that's the rope you're going to use. And I'm telling you, my, my daughter got saved when she was seven years old. How old? She's a, she, uh, 11 years old, just turned 11. She got saved when she was between six and seven years old. I baptized her right here in this tank several years ago. She never has never known the ravages of sin. I pray she never does. And the Lord saved her. But Maria over here, wave your hand, Maria. Wave your hand right here. Just wait. Yeah. Hey, Maria. That was good. You ever been in a, uh, 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 a parade or something? Okay. That's Maria. That's our little Mexican granny in this church. She's so sweet. I mean, I don't know what she's saying when she's speaking Spanish. But when she speaks English, she sounds good. But what if I told you she ain't always been a sweet little granny? What if I told you she was a drug addict? She popped everything you could pop, smoked everything you could smoke, and drunk everything that didn't drink her. Do you understand what I'm saying? You say, well, she don't look like that. Well, let me tell you, that's what the Lord will do. She don't look like what she's been through. That's what God, that's what God will do. That's, I, I wish somebody praised God like you knew about what in this wheelchair. I'm praising. That's what God will do. That's what God will do. Not only, not only is that, is, is that what God will do, that's what God does, and that's what God is doing today. And there is only one way out. It was what got the spies out. It's what got Rahab out. It's what got my daughter out. It's what delivered Maria. It's what delivered me. And it's what will deliver you. There is only one way out. And it's through the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of... Y'all know that song? Jesus, it washes white as snow. No matter what you've done, no matter how long you've done it, no matter where you've been or how long you've been there, do you hear me? His blood washes sin. There's only one way out. We're almost done. She let him down by a rope through the window. Since she lived in the house and was building to the wall, all right, let's keep on going. Go down to verse 21. Let it be as you say, she replied, and she sent them away. After they'd gone, she tied the scarlet cord to the window. Wait a minute. Go verse 19. I'll get there in just, I'll get right in just a minute. Verse 18. I'm trying to rush, but y'all look like y'all having a good time. So, <sighs> Unless we enter, verse 17. <laughs> I'll be started over if I keep on going. <laughs> the men said to her, we will be free from this oath you made us swear unless when we enter the land you tie this scarlet cord to the window through which you let us down. Now watch this. Bring your father, your mother, <laughs> your uh, you don't, don't tell them what I'm about to say now. You was here in the 9 o'clock service. You don't, you better bring your father, bring your mother, bring your brother, and all your family into this house. And I'm telling you right now, this blood ain't just for Rahab. This blood ain't just for you. It's for your mama. It's for your daddy. It's for your long wayward son and daughter. This blood is not just for you. It's for your whole family. They were singing that song, Jesus for my family, or however it goes. I was thinking, yeah, the same blood 
The same blood that saved you is for your family. Get your family. Let me tell you something. Get your family under the blood. Get your family. If you get your blood house covered under the blood and get your family under the blood. What I mean by that, some of us are so, and, are, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a preacher. You are so, we are so infatuated to making sure our kids make the best grades in the world. They make sure we're there. all the ball practices, all the gymnastics practices, all the, uh, the, the, the flipping and, the, and all that, and all, all the stuff that we do. And we make sure they're there, this, there, and there. And you know what? A lot of times we negate the very thing they're going to need the very thing they are going to need. You can hit, you can bust all the cartwheels and somersaults right in front of God, and you know what? It ain't going to impress him not one bit. But, 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 when my life has been covered under the blood of Jesus, when I stand before God, he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. No judgment for me. Why? Because my, my judgment was poured out upon Christ. If anyone goes out the doors of your house, his death will be his own fault. Once you get in, stay in. That makes sense? Once you get in, stay in. And there ain't nothing really to go back to. I wish I could get a witness in the house right now. There is nothing to what? Go back to what? Go back to hurt? Go back to pain? Go back to the shame you was carrying, the guilt you were carrying, the despair that you had, the hopelessness that you felt. What is outside of the house that you must get that God hasn't already given you? Let me tell you what this word. The Bible says Satan is an angel of, like an angel of light. He is not. He, he don't come at you with a pitchfork and horns hanging out his head. If he done, nobody follow him. He comes looking good, sounding good, smelling good. Promising you all the good things. But all he can do is copycat. It's splendor, baby, when you want sugar. You understand what I'm saying? It's decaf when you want caffeinated. It's, it's, it, it's only some type of form of good. But good God ain't good. God is great. And see, a long time ago, I tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I know what the prodigal meant when he said, he's about to eat the slop of the pigs, the prodigal son. And he said, what am I doing here? He said, at my father's house. I'm about to preach. Right? I'm about to get out this wheelchair. Well, in my father's house, they have so much bread to eat. The servants do that when they get done eating, they take it and they stick it in their pockets. And here I am about to eat the slop of the pigs. No, 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 no. I'm going back to my father's house. I'm going back to my father's house. And there are many who are coming back to the Father's house. Church, open your doors to them. Open your doors to them. Open your doors to them. If you're from other churches today, open your doors to them. Don't just say it. Do it. Open your doors to them. Open your say, I, I'm, well, I, we don't care what you've done. We don't care what you smell like. You're welcome here because we know if you get here, the gospel that we're preaching, we're not ashamed of because it is the power of God unto salvation. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. God ain't intimidated by what you've done. That's why he done what he done. If anyone goes out the doors of your house, his death will be his own fault. And we will be innocent. But if anyone with you in the house should be harmed, his death will be our fault now. Here's the good thing about Jesus. And this is about Jesus. If it's up to Jesus keeping you, you're going to be all right. He ain't going, there's no harm coming to your spirit. Once you are in the house, stay in the house. Pastor Michael says something in Huddle a couple weeks ago. I wrote it down in my mind. He said, the Lord doesn't disappoint. He only delivers. Oh, I like that. And the Lord will not disappoint. He will never disappoint. He who started a good work in you. Here, where's my Bible students at? He who started a good work in you will see it to its completion. Till it's finished. The finished work. He's, he's going to do it in you. Stay in the house. 
And if you report our mission, we are free from the oath you made us swear. She said, let it be as you say. And she sent them away. And after they had gone, she tied a scarlet cord to the window. <laughs> okay. Okay. But what did she tell them to do? Hold on, I can't see nothing right now. I got, I feel like I opened my eyes in, in the ocean. Hold on. She said, you go hide in those woods for how long? Oh, man. I can't get, I, you want me to go there? I told you all of us about, huh? Three days? Three days, but, mm, uh, that ain't even in my notes. I ain't even got no notes. <laughs> but, but three days is important. Anybody remember what happened in three days? On the third day? There was some life going on, what seemed to be dead, what seemed to be hopeless, but on the third day, some of you right now are hanging out in about day, two days and a half, and you're about getting ready to give up. Don't give up. Don't quit. Hope is on the way. Hope is on the way. Rescue is on the way. Don't give up. Give in. Don't give up. Give in. Don't give up. Give in. Give in to God. Give in to Christ. Give in to what He wants. Give in to Him. And He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. That felt good. He said, let it be as you say. And she sent him away. After they'd gone, after they'd gone. So she knew that at least three days was going to pass. But she didn't waste no time. She didn't waste no time. She got that rope. <laughs> she got that rope, started pulling it up. She got outside the window. She started tying it up on it. She put the best knot. I mean, a knot an Eagle Scout would be proud of. She took and tied that thing on that window, and that rope is just red ropes just waving in the wind. She didn't waste no time. She didn't care what the homeowners association was going to say. She didn't care what the code department was going to say. She had, a, she had that red. Well, Rahab, what you got that thing hanging out your way? She didn't care. And let me tell you something. Oh, let's jump. Let's, can we jump real quick? Jump to Mark chapter 8, verse 38. He said, if you'll be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. He had that, she had that thing waving out the window. Listen, when you've been saved by the blood of Jesus, you ain't scared to tell nobody. You don't care what nobody thinks or what they may say. You know where your help comes from. She snatched that rope up. She tied that rope up there. She didn't waste no time. Here's point number three. Put it up there. If she was getting out, listen, she knew she had to make up her mind today. Oh, well, she had three days. No, 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 no. She didn't know. She said today. She said, you make up my mind today. See, redemption is instant. Restoration is a process. But you got to make up your mind today. You didn't dig the hole you're in just, uh, it didn't take you just a few minutes. No, you've been digging that hole. Some of you have been digging that hole for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. We get people saved over here. Somebody asked me the other, uh, no, they told me last night. They said, Pastor, somebody asked, asked me uh, last night or uh, yeah, last week, they said, uh, what are y'all doing over there at that church? All them people getting saved. Y'all giving them a, uh, what did you say? A gift card. <laughs> a gift card. A gift card? No, we're giving them the gift of life. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have life everlasting. A gift card. <laughs> yeah. If she was getting out, she knew she had to make up her mind today. And listen to me today. If you're going to get out, don't put it off till tomorrow. Because here's the thing. Remember what I told you? The Lord was dealing with Rahab in her condition. That's why she can make the statement. Before she was ever rescued, she could make the statement, I believe that your God is God. Not my, my God. My God ain't working. 
the world that what I'm trying to do. And over here in Jericho, it ain't working, but you're God. We've seen what God has done. We've seen that he split the Red Sea. We've seen that. We've heard about how y'all destroyed those cities. Some of y'all are here today because of some, because God has been doing a work in somebody else's life. And so you came today to see what God is doing. You said, I've heard about what God is doing. You know, I, I joked around this morning in the nine o'clock service. It ain't a joke because it's serious. It's the truth. But there's a lot of people will come to church here, and not just here, but other places, because they'll hear so and so going to church. What do you mean? I mean, somebody that's a notorious sinner. They live out loud in their sin. And there'll be a rumor, and it's a good rumor too. I like those kind of rumors. Hey, did you hear? So and so is going over to there to that crazy church. What crazy church are you talking about? You know, we got all kind of names. But you know that drug church over there, or that wild church over there, or or that grace church over there. I heard they're going over. You know, I think they got. They, I heard they got religion. I don't believe that. You mean you mean Chris? You mean Josh? You mean you mean Lewis? No, 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 no. Uh, uh. They ain't no way. Yeah, they did. I seen him up the other day on Facebook. Yeah, I seen him. They had their hands raised. And I seen his tattoo all the way down his arm. It had to be him. I couldn't believe it. I, I can't believe it. They said, I don't believe it. We're going to have to go to find out. We have to go, <laughs> we're going to have to go find out. See if they got religion. And they walk in this church and they find something out really quick. Yeah, they see their bro and their homegirl and all that. But what they see and what they find out really quick, they didn't get religion. No, they got a relationship with Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. She said, I'm not waiting. She tied that cord. God had been dealing with her weeks before, but she made up her mind when she heard the answer. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, today is the day. You know, I've got, this is my wife here in the green I know. It's a, it's a, this place is full of miracles. <laughs> I tell my wife on the regular how beautiful she is. Husbands, it'll help you if you tell your wife how beautiful they are. Yes. Believe it or not, it'll make them more pretty. I mean, it will. I mean, we'll try to call them ugly and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> They say ain't no man ever done that. Because those men don't make it out alive. Those men don't make it out alive. And what am I talking about? Yeah, well, that is a miracle. But I told, I don't remember what I was saying, but here's my wife, y'all. Here's the, I had a point. Oh. This is the great one, a great gift God's given me. That's where I was going. I got, I got a little, I told you about my daughter. She's uh, 11 years old. A wonderful gift. And I've got a little son. He's three. His name's Judah. He's a gift. I was raised in a Christian home. I got a wonderful mom and dad and a godly heritage and family. That's a great gift. I got help other than this. This knee that I was getting worked on. I got good help. That's a great gift. But the greatest gift is a today. Because see, yesterday's gone and you can't, as hard as you want to pull it back. Are y'all listening to me over here? I know I'm all in their kitchen right here, but I'm, I'm over here too. I'm over here too. I'm listening, talking to y'all. No matter how hard I would like to pull back yesterday and fix some things, I can't, y'all. Anybody, would, there's some things you'd like to fix in yesterday, two months ago, ten years ago, that you'd like to fix, you can't get it back. The Lord says it's gone and they ain't no bringing it back. 
And then he says something about a tomorrow. He goes ahead and lets us know it ain't promised. But he said, I gave you something that some people didn't get today. And that's a today. And today is the day to make up your mind that I'm going to place my faith. See, that's what Rahab done. The, the spies told her what to do and she had enough faith to maybe even look foolish. And it's her faith that saved her. You say, well, what's the end of the story, Pastor? We'd have to go into the next chapter or two to get to the end, but I'll tell you what happened. The spies get back to the Israelites just on the other side of the Jordan. God splits the, uh, or stops the river from flowing and they walk across on dry ground. And Joshua tells the Israelites, Rahab, this whole time, now a week's went past, a week's went past, and Rahab still got that red scarlet rope just dangling in the wind. And she sees the army coming up. But there's something, something strange happens. Joshua says, I don't want the artillery people going out in front. I don't want the weapon, the spear holders going out in front. He said, I want the worshipers going out in front. I want the trumpeters going out in front. And so they got out in front. They all lined up and they begin to circle around. Joshua said, you go around the walls of Jericho seven times. That's four times. Seven, seven times. And he said, on the seventh day, you march around that thing seven times, and on the seventh time, on the seventh day, you let out a shout. Now, now, I'm fixing to blow y'all's mind. What dom- denomination are you, you pastor? Uh, hey, why is that, what's that important? I ain't, did I preach denomination today? Or did I preach Jesus today? Exactly. See, people separate us and divide us by denomination, and there's things we could do together that we'll never do because we've separated ourselves. That's just the way it is. Will God ever bring the I, change? Uh, can, well, me, men will have to decide they want to do right, but probably not. But God will always have a remnant of people. And I'm not talking about this church, but I'm talking about God's Word. He says that there will always be a remnant. And there are many who think exuberant worship is, I don't know, wild, crazy. But listen, when I was a sinner, I'd done all my whisper. I'd whisper because I knew I shouldn't be saying what I was saying, so I go to whisper. My whole life was a whisper. You know what I'm talking about? But when I got saved, I didn't have nothing to whisper about. When I got saved, I had something to shout about. I had something to praise God about. I told all my secrets back then. Now I'm living in freedom. Now I got a story to tell. I had a reason to hide, but now I got a reason to shout. You see, so don't let it scare you when somebody raises their hands or shouts. They shout it in the Bible. And let me tell you, this is what they've done. And he said, lift up holy hands without wrath. And I could go on and on. But listen, the Bible said, they shouted. And when they shouted, the Bible says that the walls came down. Wait just a minute. Except. Because if you read here, again, Rahab's house was built in the wall. And when the destruction came, the only thing that was left standing, when judgment came, are we getting it? When judgment came, the only thing that remained standing wasn't the wisest of the wise, wasn't old king, wasn't the king of Jericho. No, 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 no. The only thing left standing was Rahab's house. This red cord dangling in the wind and her family. And I'm telling you, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. The Bible says, once appointed man to die, and then the judgment. But if you've got the blood of Jesus hanging out the window of your soul, if you have grabbed hold of that rope that won't let you go, and if you'll hold on to that and place your faith in Jesus, when the judgment comes, you'll still be standing. Every sinner 
deserve judgment. Every. Well, every sinner. That's everybody. The Bible says you were born into sin. Hold on, I got four minutes. You know, this wouldn't be born to you if you believed. I can't, it's so good, I can't hardly stand it. How about you? Good, ain't it? No, it'd make me feel better. It's good, ain't it? <laughs> it's okay. It's good, ain't it? I ain't talking about my preaching. I'm talking about the Word. And the Bible said it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. All of us deserve death and hell. But Jesus Christ died for us. Hell, not my home. Jesus went through hell so I wouldn't have to go to hell. He said, where did he go through hell at? On the cross. That was hell. Father, why have thou forsaken me? That is hell, friend. That is hell. Separated from God. That is hell. Nails in your, in your hands and in your feet. A thorn upon your head, beaten. Beard plucked out. Before you ever go to a cross attached to a whipping post, why so dark? Why so wretched? Why so painful? Because that's how our sin is. It's nothing like. It's not a cold, friend. It's serious. It's a disease that will kill you. But he, over 2,000 years ago, took upon the sin. Listen to me real good. You being dramatic, Pastor? No, I'm being real. You think I put this on? You think I put on for you today? That's how I preach every time I get up here. I'm passionate about this thing. Jeremiah said it's like fire shut up in my bones. I'm telling you right now, on that cross, the Bible says Jesus bore all of our sin, all of the sins that had been, was being, and would be committed, including yours and mine, he bore on the cross. And the Bible says the sun, S-U-N, turned its face. Darkness covered God, why have thou forsaken me? Sin separates you from God. God felt everything, paid every price for sin, for every sin on the cross, even the ultimate penalty of sin, which was death and separation from God. But when he said it, pulled up on those nails, I couldn't imagine. Pushing his feet up on those spots, raising himself up. Uh, he's, he was going to eventually die of asphyxiation, drowning fluid in his lungs. How he would die. That's why when they took the spear and they put it in his side, what flowed out of his, out of his abdomen, out of, from his lungs? What? Anybody remember? Blood and what? Water. Struggling to breathe now, picks himself up, sliding his back on that hard cut, rough cut wood. Open. Sliding up on that, pushes up, gets a breath. And with that last breath, he says, it is finished. Some of you are still trying to run and fix it yourself. It don't make you a bad person, friend. This ain't got nothing to do with being bad or good. It's about believing or not believing. And the, and, and the end result is heaven or hell. What about purgatory? There is no such thing. It's heaven or hell. And today, if you want to go to heaven, if you want because of what Jesus Christ has done, if you're ready for rescue today, you've got to make up your mind today. You know, the Lord was drawing Rahab. And I can do this, so don't freak out. I put all my weight on this leg, most of it. Now, 
What did God do before the spies ever came? Deal with Rahab's heart. And the Bible says nobody can come to Jesus unless the Father draws him. And he'll draw you no matter what condition or where you're at right now. You think about, well, I gotta get, I gotta go to church some more before I get things right. No, you don't. You don't get in the, you don't, you don't, you don't get in the tub before you take a shower, do you? You don't wash your clean yourself up before you get a bath, do you? No. And you come to the Lord just like you are. But when you leave, you will not be like you were. The Bible says old things will pass away and all things will become new. What I'm encouraging you to do right now is not join Remnant Church. What I'm encouraging you to do right now is not be baptized. I preach to people every week that I'll never see again. I want you to be saved. I want you to place your faith in Christ. I want you to experience His rescue. Stand with me all across the building. I would ask you if you could just hold on because this is such an important, this is life or death. The only people that will be moving now is people that have to get up to this stage. But if you'll just hang on just a minute. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I pray right now that you would draw people. Church, if you feel the Father drawing you, people, if you, man, woman, if you feel the Lord drawing you, surrender to Him today. Surrender to Him today. You're fixing to have an opportunity to grab the rope, to escape where you're at, to go from Jericho to a new people, to leave all your sin and your shame. I know what people said about you. But you know what God says about you? God said, I loved you so much that I gave my only son to die for you. While you were yet a sinner, Christ, I demonstrated my love in this man. While you were yet a sinner, I gave my son to die. I've seen people, I've been there where I would grab hold of the chair so tight that my knuckles would turn white because I didn't want to let go. But can I tell you, let go of what you got and God will give you something you ain't never had. What you've got ain't helping you, it's hurting you. What you've got right now is not healing you, it's hindering you today. But if you'll let go and grab hold of Him, if you'll let go and grab hold of Him today, it'll be a life like you've never known, a life like you've never experienced before. I want you to now, as the Lord's dealing with you, I want you to just look up everybody straight up at me. There's one person I know that I'd die for in here. That's my wife. There's two people over there. There's, my, there's those kids I was talking about. I would. Most of you, I probably wouldn't. I'm just being honest. Maybe in the spur of the moment. But there is nobody in here that I'd give my son up for. Nobody. Nobody. But that's exactly what Christ Excuse me, God done when he gave his son. And there's somebody knocking at the door, the same person that knocked the spirit, that knocked on Rahab's door, is the same person who's knocking at your door. He stands at the door and knocks today. I'm asking you today, will you open the door and let him in? Will you open the door and let him in? You want to be rescued today from sin and self. If you want to be free for the first time in your life, I'm asking if you if you have backslidden on God, it, what, what's that mean? You're not going forward, you're going back. You cannot be that person you used to be. Repent. Just repent and say, God, I don't want it. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I've done it. But God, there's bread at my father's house. I'm here starving to death. 
that there's bread at my father's house. Don't be fooled or deceived either. If you've just got religion, religion won't cut it, friend. Religion won't cut it. Your church membership to God means absolutely nothing if that's all you're standing on. This baptismal tank means absolutely nothing if that's all you're standing on. But Rahab was standing on the promises of God. And if you stand on His promise, friend, when every bit of hell is around you and judgment is falling around you, you will be spared. Because when He sees the blood, He will pass over you. Today, if you want to receive this joy, there's no, there's no, yeah, there's no you, it don't matter what your credit score is. It don't matter, it don't matter, none of those things. I love this. I've never been picked first for anything. But the Bible said he chose me first. He chose me so I could choose him. He loved me, therefore I love him. And I'm asking you today, if you'll just bring yourself and all your baggage, all your junk, all your trash, all your mess, all your addiction, everything, all your hurt, your broken marriages, all of that, whatever it is, whatever, the deceit, the lying, the things, the court cases, whatever you've got going on, the, 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 the thoughts of suicide, the thoughts of I'm not enough, all these things, if you'll just bring them to him today. When you come, just bring them to him. He will give you life and life ever lasting. If that's you right now, and I believe there's more than one, I believe, come on down to the altar, lady. I believe there's more than one. I believe there's more than two. I believe there's more than three. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.